0: Welcome to public domain video theater presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, it's time for another episode of Sheriff of Cochise. The original air date is March the 1st of 1957. And this is season one, episode twenty three, and the title is Bank Robbery.
1: Help you? Would you please? There we are. Not quite. I'm going into the bank with you. Well, shut uh, up. Let's go. I'm not alone in this.
2: There's nothing I can do, mister. The time lock controls the tumblers in the vault.
1: I know all about it. In 10 seconds, the tumblers will be released. All right, the combination. company payroll. I'll let you out in a half hour.
3: In a few minutes.
2: Benson's substation to Bisbee. Benson substation to Bisbee.
3: Go ahead, Benson. This is Sheriff Morgan.
2: Sheriff, the state bank in Benson was just robbed by two male suspects. Described as...
3: Hold it up a minute. Go ahead and repeat that last information. We're taking it down.
2: The state bank in Benson was just robbed by two male suspects. Number one, described as 35 to 40 years of age, 5 foot 8, 180 pounds. Number two, 35 to 40 years of age, 6 foot 170 pounds. Obtained $14,000 in cash. No vehicle seen. Direction taken unknown.
3: All right, Benson, set up border roadblocks. We'll be there as soon as we can. You want me to go with you? Yep. Oh, Thompson, I want every car searched on the two main highways leading out of the county. Yes, sir. further information, Barnes? Nothing further, Sheriff. clean getaway, eh
2: huh? Great so. Oh, uh, hello, Sheriff. Hello, Mr. Harris. Hi, Olsen. Howdy.
3: We, uh, we have the information here you gave Deputy Barnes. If we catch these two men, you'll think you'll be able to identify them?
2: See, I don't know, Sheriff. I, uh, was a little nervous at the time. I think you can understand. We certainly can, Mr. Harris, but any information you can give us will sure help. Well, let's see. One of them had on dark glasses, had a mustache, pretended to be blind. He was the taller of the two. I helped him across the street, and that's where he pulled the gun on me. What about the other man? He was short, stocky, had a handkerchief across his face all the time. Color hair? They both wore hats. What about their clothes? Suits? Uh, just suits, I guess. Did they um, touch anything? Oh, for fingerprints. Mm-hmm. No, I'm afraid not. Well, they probably didn't. A couple of real pros. Yeah. And they knew exactly what was in that vault, the copper company payroll. $14,000 worth, Sheriff. Any witnesses at all? I checked around.
3: Nothing. Been a series of bank robbies in New Mexico. Yeah, two men.
1: Neither of them will ever been caught.
3: Well, Mr. Harris, we'll notify all the banks in the county to be on the lookout for any strange and suspicious customers. Good.
2: We'll do everything we can. I'm sure you will. Incidentally, Sheriff, we're insured against this type of crime. I know you are. I wish we were.
3: Keep those roadblocks going. Right, Sheriff. Morgan to Besby.
1: Go ahead, Sheriff.
3: Request information from all New Mexico sheriffs on recent wave of bank robberies.
2: Will do. Is that all?
3: That's all, Thompson. This one's from Santa Fe. Any leads? Nah, same old stuff. Nine bank robberies in three months' time. Yeah, why two unidentified men? No set pattern. These guys know all the angles. Oh, did you notify all the patrol cars to be on the lookout when the banks open? I did. Good.
1: More coffee, Mr. Vincent? No, thanks. How do you like Bisbee by this time? Pretty country. Must get mighty hot in the summer. Not too bad. A lot of people come here just for the climate. hmm Yeah. Thanks. Yes, sir.
3: three days in a row.
1: That'll be three dollars. Twice might be a coincidence, but not three times. Mm-hmm. Don't you think we ought to call the Sheriff's office, Mrs.
3: Conley? No. If they had to answer every wild goose chase. Besides, there's no law against a man eating his breakfast at the same time every morning.
1: No, I, I suppose not. the button every morning yeah later on i'll go in and get the layout
2: what do we do now go back to bed
1: we go to work selling jewelry
2: selling jewelry with all that money we got sucked away
1: not like a good alibi they should catch us we're nothing but a couple of honest salesmen maybe we ought to call it a day before they catch up with us you can pull out anytime you want to what about you i'm sticking around That army payroll on the 15th. You? Come on, let's peddle our jewelry. Excuse me. Yes? I'd like to inquire about safety deposit boxes.
2: Right back there.
1: Ask for Miss Richards. Thanks. Miss Richards? Yes, I'm Miss Richards. My name is Wesley Vincent. I'm with the Quaker City Diamond Company. Do you want to open an account? No. I have several cases of valuable gems. I'd like to keep them in a safe place over the weekend. Oh, I see. You'd like a safety deposit box. Uh, Right now, I'd just like to look at them. Various sizes, how they're protected. My diamonds are very valuable.
3: Anything wrong? Oh, no. Just follow me, sir. Sheriff Silas Holson. Oh yes. Just a moment, please. Frank, Ms. Conley down to the bank. She wants to talk to you. Yes, Miss Conley. Uh huh. Is he there now? Fine, I'll be right over. What's up? Another suspect. I'll check with you, Harry.
1: About two minutes
3: ago, Sheriff. Something he said or did that made you suspect him?
1: Well, he's been coming out of the restaurant next door the last three mornings just as we opened the bank. Alone? Yes. Wasn't he paid? Well, I noticed a car at the gas station. I'm not sure, but I think he picked up Mr. Vincent.
3: Could you describe the car?
1: Yes. It was a uh, late model hardtop convertible.
3: Late model hardtop convertible. How did you know this man's name was Mr. Vincent? He gave me this card when he came in to inquire about safety deposit parts. <laughs> I uh, don't suppose a bank robber would hand out a business card? Well, ordinarily, Mrs. Connolly, I'd say no. The two men we're looking for are not ordinary bank robbers. Thank you. I'll look into it. Bugs? Fine. What'll it be? I'd like to ask a favor of you. You name it, I'll do it. I understand? There's been a stranger coming in here the last few mornings. A man by the name of Vincent.
1: Yeah, nice guy. Works for some jewelry outfit back east.
3: Does he come in alone?
1: For breakfast, yes. Enough for dinner. He has a partner, a man he works with. They eat here at night.
3: They live around here? Search me. Why all the questions, sheriff? Well, I'm not sure yet. Next time they come in. Which will be tonight. You save their water glasses. Make sure you don't touch the outsides. You want their fingerprints. That's about it. Thanks, folks. Hello, Chuck. Howdy, Sheriff. Fill her up. No, a question. You remember a new customer who's been in here the last three mornings? He's driving a late model hardtop convertible. Yes, there has been a stranger in here the last three days. What do you know about him? Not a thing, sheriff. Would you have his license number in your service records?
1: I believe I have. He had a lube and oil job the other day. Good. Yeah, here it is. E one two six nine six.
3: E-12696. What's his name?
1: Well, the car is registered to
3: the Deluxe Auto Agency in Phoenix. The man's name is Edgar Dawson. Edgar Dawson. Stolen car, Sheriff? Just checking. Thanks, Chuck.
1: Sure, anytime.
3: right, operator. The Deluxe Automobile Agency in Phoenix. Uh-huh. Yes, I'll hold on. Oh, Harry. Call the Quaker City Diamond Company and check them out. Well, you better do it through the police so they don't get suspicious.
2: Yeah.
1: Got him, Sheriff. Oh,
3: good. Did they suspect anything? What do I look like, a dope? I'll have them check for prints right away. Well, thanks a lot, Boggs. Glad to help out, Sheriff.
1: Only one thing.
3: What's that? You still haven't told me what you're doing all this for. Tell you what I'm gonna do with you, Boggs. If everything shapes up, you'll be the very first to know.
1: Yeah, I'll
3: bet. Trailer Morris? Right. Yeah, it was easy. They have a room at the Sunset Motel. Well, now we have all the pieces. All we have to do is put the puzzle together.
1: You suppose those two fellows know that Army payroll comes in every two weeks?
3: It's the whole trouble, Harry. Everybody knows it. Yeah, I suppose so.
2: Here's that fingerprint report you want from Washington.
3: Real names, Al Byron and Charles Davis. Served six years in Leavenworth. Bank robbery, huh? Yep. Now, let's go pick them up. On what charges? Well, if they're not guilty, why'd they change their name? There's nothing wrong in a man changing his name, Thompson. As long as he doesn't do it for unlawful purposes. I wouldn't call robbing a string of banks exactly lawful. Harry, how do we know they robbed any banks? These two men have legitimate jobs. At least on the surface. You know, I bet if we searched their room, we'd find something. We wouldn't find a thing, Thompson. Look, these are a couple of smart guys. Number one, no one can identify them. Number two, there are no incriminating fingerprints. Well, so what do we do now? Sit around and wait for them to rob that army payroll? Well, you're half right, Harry. We're going to wait, but we're not going to be sitting around. Tomorrow morning, I'll be in the bank. You'll be over the second stage.
1: Come on, come on. You've been fiddling with that tie for an hour.
2: Don't rush me. I told you once before.
1: What's the matter with you? You figure it's unpatriotic to grab an army payroll? I don't know, Wes. I think we're pushing our luck. So after today, we'll stop pushing. Come on, snap out of it. This is our biggest hall. It's a setup. I'm not so sure. I never knew you'd have chicken out before.
2: I got as much nerve as you have any day.
1: Then what's all the beefing about? Gets me.
2: Call intuition if you like. I just don't like it. I got a... a funny feeling. I'll
1: tell you what. We'll skip that bank in Bisbee. It's okay with me. That's great. Only just so it ain't a complete waste of time. We'll go back to that bank in Benson. The one we knocked off last week? Uh-huh. And we'll blow this country head east. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Wes. I like it. Who'd ever think that lightning would strike twice in the same place? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is Morgan in the bank? Yeah. Been in there a couple of hours. His car's parked out in the back of the station. Here they come.
3: Nothing happened. Perhaps the baits wasn't big enough. Or too big. Well, I'll stick around here till we pick up the Army payroll. Fine.
2: And the lock on the door was changed.
1: Opening doors, especially bank doors, is the least of our accomplishments. Now get over to the vault. Go on.
2: I, I can't open the vault now. You better, mister, and quick. The time lock has been changed. It'll take another 15 minutes. We can't wait around 15 minutes. Well, we're gonna.
3: <laughs>
2: Come on, let's get out of here. THE End
1: Unit 41 to Sheriff Morgan. Unit 41 to Sheriff Morgan. Unit 51 to Unit 41. This is Thompson. Sheriff Morgan is in the bank. Can I help you? This is Barnes. Two men attempted bank robbery in Benson, having trapped an alley on Power Street. Barnes, Sheriff Morgan is on the way.
3: Bank robbery in Benson. Barnes has them up a blind alley. Move over. Hurry up. Where are they? In the alley. i have gone in after them, Sheriff. Get back. This is the sheriff. We know you're trapped in there. There's no chance of escape. Now drop your guns and come on out with your hands up.
2: I'll give you 30 seconds.
1: Is your answer, copper?
2: kill if you want. I'm giving up!
1: Get down, here,
3: fool! Hurry up. Get up there. Briscoe, Mary. Why didn't you make a grant for that army payroll?
1: My pal here. He's got intuition. I told you we should have quit while we were ahead. One
2: more job, you said. If only we hadn't tried that last one. Famous last
3: word. Meaning what? Meaning that if all you guys had to try the last one, our prisons would be empty. Come on, get out of here. No.
0: Welcome back. Well, this was an interesting episode. I think that Sheriff Morgan did a really good job when he had reason to suspect our two robbers of really doing a thorough investigation, even from a small-town perspective, as he wanted to be sure that he had solid evidence and a good reason to suspect them. And it's very cleverly handled so that they don't have any conscious reason to suspect they're under suspicion. But then we have a nice twist with one of the robbers really just having a bad feeling about the whole thing and deciding to back out. And this is fun because it's often a case in television Uh, programs and radio programs of this era, that somebody is going to have the reasonable idea, let's go ahead and cash in our chips and call it good. And usually their partner shoots them or bullies them into continuing. But in this case, he's actually listened to. And then, of course, his partner comes up with an even dumber idea, and that's going to rob the bank they already robbed. While he's right that uh, the uh, bank is going to be actively expecting to be robbed again, someone who was robbed just last week is going to be a bit more on his guard. And our robbers found that out. Now... One thing that the TV show is not quite clear with the audience about is the drive from Bisbee to Benson. Now, you would think from watching the episode that, you know, it was 10 or 15 minutes away. But these are real places that actually exist. And Bisbee is 47 miles from Benson. Now, to be clear, a lot of that distance, I'd say the vast majority of it, is open country. And doubtless the sheriff would open up The speed as much as you can when you're driving a station wagon. And it looks like theoretically, model of station wagon he was driving could go up to 98 miles an hour but then again a sheriff's vehicle tends to weigh more with all the customization but it was probably a good 35 to 40 minutes before they got there and apparently in this time these two smart tough crooks didn't dis- realize that backup was probably coming and they would pr- would have their only chance of escape be to take on the one cop they had walking their way because there would be others. And when the sheriff uh, shows up, he still has to, you know, be dealing with crowds and nobody in the town has figured out or the deputy hasn't, you know told anybody to toll someone in that whole time. Of course, though, Deputy Barnes, poor guy's, you know, sitting there the whole, or standing there the whole time, losing blood while waiting for the sheriff to cross the county. Or perhaps the producers were just betting on us not checking a map on that. But at any rate, other than that technical issue, and I have to admit that that's you know, just something that most people would let go for suspension of disbelief. This was a pretty good episode. I hope you enjoyed it. That will do it for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook facebook.com.